Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene. This is the same Mary mentioned in Luke 8-2, in which seven demons were cast out. She came to the tomb early, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped, to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. As as they stood weeping at the tomb, wondering where they had laid him, where could he be? Was he gone, vanished? No. Somebody must have taken him. And in that moment, hearing the words of the gardener, woman, why are you weeping? Woman, I had not been known just as woman for quite some time, and hearing those words sent me back to a place of remembrance, for I will never forget the day that my story intersected with his story. My story was a pitiful one where pain, confusion, misery, and defeat were a, a daily occurrence. Yes, I lived it on myself through poor choices and, well, through sin. And yet my story still remains a mystery to all who peer in. But how could it be a mystery? I mentioned more than the disciples and that every major event of the, the final hours of my Savior's life. Yet my testimony is still held back in secret. Whether his grace does not want to expose me, or by his grace he wants you to find yourself within me, within the fabric of my story, I still don't know which one it is. So it's the latter I have chosen today. Seven. I had seven demons. 
but it was not the consumption of such that was the worst, but rather the fruit thereof that led me down a spiraling stairwell of nothing, of rejection, of shame, and the search for affirmation. Searching, but never finding. Known only as a woman with such a disease, a woman from Megdala. And it was in that moment, in the moment of my pain, my confusion, and my misery, in that moment, my story intersected with his story, and everything changed. My conversion is as much a mystery to you as is to what caused my pain and my dysfunction, but trust me, it was great. Like many of us sitting here today with secret pains, sins that we've committed, things we've done that we cannot overcome. Hmm. I sought help from many, from many sources, many places, only be left with greater pain. Searching, looking, but never finding. Does my story sound similar to yours? Are you searching today? Are you looking for for answers, for meaning, for purpose, or for forgiveness? And it was on that day, that glorious day, where my story intersected with his, that in that moment, everything changed. And it was in that moment that I felt new. I, I, I felt whole. I felt restored. It felt, it felt like a resurrection. I was dead, now alive, lost, now found, incomplete, but now whole. Dreams were restored. And yet, there I stood, by the tomb of the one I loved. Yes, love, because now he's gone. No, taken away, wrongfully accused, and brutally murdered. I had found what I needed in Jesus Christ, or better yet, he found me. And yet there I was searching once again, thinking to myself, was it only momentary? Was it only temporal? But even then, I could hear the words of my Savior over and over again in my mind, just like he used to preach to the multitudes. Whoever believes in me should not perish, but have eternal life. So with those words, I encouraged myself, and I answered the gardener's question. I'm weeping because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. If you've taken him, would you please tell me? And I started back down the path that brought me to that place. My life, though, was not yet done intersecting with his grace. For the gardener spoke again, and this time his words were much more pointed, anointed maybe, and it sent chills down my spine, and, and with one whisper he said, Mary. I knew that voice. It's the same voice the first time he called me when I was bound up with confusion and pain and misery and demons. 
And so I heard his voice and I, I turned around. I said, I turned around because when he calls your name, everything turns around. From the time he called Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when he called Abram to Abraham to be the father of all people, to Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, to a scared young boy hiding in a wild Gideon, mighty man of valor, Esther, destined to be queen, a young shepherd boy named David, appointed to be king. Jeremiah, a prophet weeping over God's people. John, the one who would prepare the way for my Lord and Savior. To the calling of the first disciples, Matthew, Mark, Peter, and Andrew. And now today he called my name Mary. Most of us, nobody's up with pain and shame, became somebody's with purpose the moment he called our name. Everything turns around when he calls your name. And he's calling yours today. Can you hear him? And so I turned around and I saw him, my Lord, my Savior, alive like he said. My story intersecting with his once again. So I ran over and I, I hugged him and I held him, but the moment not lasting long. And he looked at me. He said, Mary, I want you to be the first to go and preach the good news about me. I want you, Mary, to be the first to go preach about the resurrection. Go tell them the good news. Now, leaving with purpose and a new mission, I, I quickly went down that path. My Lord and Savior alive. And as I moved quickly, I couldn't help but think, why me? Why a woman in a man's culture? Why choose me to preach the good news? It was like when he called me the first time, when I, I had so many issues and tormented by demons and, and so much happening in my life. It was like when he called me then. Why did he call me then? And it hit me. He can use anybody. Those that feel like they are nobodies when their story intersects with his story and on Easter Sunday on that Sunday it not only became a resurrection for Jesus but it became a resurrection for me and it became a resurrection for you this is the day that our story intersects with his story to tell a brand new story about grace redemption and forgiveness love hope joy and fulfillment Easter is the day worth celebrating because our Lord and Savior is alive. It is a celebration where our story can begin to turn, where he takes those that feel like nobodies, like underdogs, like outcasts, and he calls them by name. This is the day where our story intersects with his story. This is the day, Easter. Why do so many gather in churches all across our city, all across our nation, all across the globe? Because they've realized something, that Easter is not just a celebration of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, 
It is a celebration of the fact that because he resurrected from the grave, that our story can resurrect from the turmoil, the pain that we're in right now. Amen? Easter, the day we're celebrating. And as we look at Mary's story, I can't help but think how much hope was restored in that moment. Hope restored for her, hope restored for the disciples when she ran and told them, hope restored for you and I today. Hope. A hope that's not rooted in hope alone, it's not, not rooted in, in good ideas, a hope that's rooted in Christ Jesus and the work that he has already done. Amen? Mary's story today, what it does is it gives us hope. Easter, the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it gives us hope. Are you with me today? I don't know about you, but I think that probably our city and our culture, it could use a little more hope. Right? It could use a little more hope. Me and my wife, we, uh, we occasionally like to watch movies. Does anybody out there like to watch movies? Can we bring up the house lights just a little bit? I got to see if there's people out there. I can't, I honestly, I can't really see the light. If there's nobody out there, just leave them down, please. I want to, <laughs> I want to believe that there is. Okay, there are. Good. Anybody like to go to movies? It's okay. Lightning's not going to strike you in this place, okay? Is that a trick question? Do I raise my hand? Do I not? What kind of movies? RPGG? What are you talking about, Pastor? I like movies. But some of the ones that, that drive my wife nuts are the ones that, <clears throat> let's just take the Fast and Furious, not that I've seen him, but how ridiculous the story is. How many times can people take cars and do those things? Are you with me? Okay, now I know none of you have seen those movies because you save it for Disney, but just bear with me, right? I mean, I've only seen the previews, and as we're watching the previews, my wife's like, ah, it's so ridiculous. Cars dropping out of planes and <laughs> driving away in parachutes and everything. It's just, I mean, seven, right? She doesn't like them, but you know what I like about them? This is what I love about ridiculous movies, where like the ship blows up and everybody in it should be dead, Right? And then the suspense you for, for like a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden somebody appears, and everyone in the audience is like, oh, that's so faking. I'm like, yes! Somebody made it! Somebody's alive! Yes! Fast and Furious 7! Bring on 8, please! I mean, what more can they do? Going to drop from space shuttles? Are you with me? But I love them because I'm like, yes! Because it gives me hope that somebody could survive that. Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. If, if, if we were to go back and, and, and literally take what we just talked about with Mary and, and the resurrection, and we were to make it into a movie, there's Jesus brutally murdered. Man, he's nailed, he's pierced. Man, he's in the grave three days. And then on the third day he rises, everybody in the audience would be like, oh, no way. But there would be a few of us like, yes! Yes, why? Because it gives us hope. 
It gives us hope. Mary's story today gives us hope. As little as we know about it, there is not much in it, but her name is mentioned throughout the scripture. Her story more popular than most of the disciples. We don't know what caused her dysfunction and her pain. All we know is that one day it intersected with the story of Christ and everything changed. But could you be in her shoes for just a moment? Her life transformed, feeling the freedom, feeling the joy, feeling what she felt. And then on that day, having her Savior taken away. And for three agonizing days, she sat there, crying, weeping. If we could put it this way, no hope. Oh, she had hope in the moment she first met him. But now hope was ripped away because he's dead. And for three agonizing days, not going to see if he was raised. She went to the tomb to visit the body that was dead. And in that moment, hope was restored. This last Friday, we had our very first Good Friday service as Canvas Church. And we talked on Friday night because most people would look at what took place on Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, not as a good day, but as a damnable day. Not a day to celebrate, not a day that was good, but let me tell you something, the reason that it was good is because three days later, Easter happened. So now we can look back because we see the story in its entirety. We read the narrative of scripture and we can say, man, Friday was good because Sunday came. And the reality is, is there are many of us sitting here today that are walking through something that feels like the end. Whether it's relational crisis, whether it's financial despair, whether it's something in your body, sickness, disease. But I believe that today on Easter, Christ wants to give you hope. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 tells us this. This is a good message today. Amen. It says in verse 5, And hope does not put us to shame, or it does not disappoint. Think about that. Hope does not put us to shame, and it does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not disappoint. I believe that today, on Easter Sunday, as you reflect on what this day is all about, the meaning, the purpose, why we celebrate it, your story is going to be a lot like Mary's story. You're going to come to a place and come to a conclusion that what he did is not momentary, what he did is not temporary, it is final, complete, and forever. And today, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your story looks like with Christ, everything can begin to turn around. That with him, your story, come on. I, I'm working with my daughters right now somewhat. My wife does more than me, but I'm, I, I have to help out every now and then with their homework. Any dads in here know what I'm talking about? And helping my daughters with their homework, and I got to be honest with you, I was, really, I, I was really good at math, but English 
is not my strong suit. That's why I joke around and say I, I, I like to speak because you can't tell how I'm spelling the words right now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Give me a pen and paper and you'd be like, what does that say? Say, S-E-Y, say. You'd be lost. But every now and then I help my daughters out with their homework. And when it comes to English, I'll be honest with you, I like to dive in. You know why? Because I'm learning English with them. It's a true story. The bossy E never knew it existed. <laughs> and I'll help them. And they're, they're writing papers right now. And so I'm helping them find the right punctuations and, and where to put periods and where to put commas. And I want you to know something today, that the devil, the enemy, the circumstance in your life, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, would like to put a period at the end of it. But Easter takes a big eraser and takes out the period and puts in a comma and says the thought is not yet complete. Where the enemy wants to put a period, God's saying, no, no, there is a comma. Now, my son might have died on Friday, comma, but Easter came and he rose on Sunday. The enemy wanted to put a period on Friday, but God said, no, that's my son. And although he feels forsaken, although he feels that he's been left behind, I'm putting a comma in, and I'm going to continue to write the story for him. There are so many of us sitting here today, and what you need is hope, and that's why we celebrate Easter, because Easter is the comma in your story. Easter is the comma in your story. Easter is the beginning of a new chapter. Easter is the beginning, come on, of the sequel. You thought it was over? That's the great thing about Easter. I know when it looks complete, when it looks like there's a period, God says, huh. And so you're here today and you feel like you have a, a period in your life, in some area of your life. You feel like it's finished. My time has already passed. I'm too old. I've already lived too much life. I can never go back and do that over. Oh, he doesn't want you to go back and do it over. He wants you to start right where you're at. You feel like your story is written off today. Easter is an invitation have your story come and intersect with his story so that it can begin to tell a brand new story with Christ in it. There's many of us here today, some of us who come to Canvas regularly, some of us here today, we came because it's Easter, some of us came today because there's a new school or a new church in the school in Tierra Santa, you got to mail it, thank you for making the sending of that mailer worth it. We're here from all different walks of life. Some of us, man, we are radically in love with Jesus. Some of us are trying to figure out what it means to be in love with Jesus. Others of us are sitting here saying, I don't even know if I really buy into this whole thing. But I want you to know something. No matter where you're at in that spectrum, Christ's invitation on Easter is to you. And he says, come, let your story intersect with my story and see what can be written about your life. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Do me a favor right now. Would you just close your eyes?
bow your heads. We're just going to do our best to kind of bring this, this thing full circle. Just go ahead. There'll be some moving around. It's just the musicians coming up to the, the stage. But as your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, Ben, why, why are you asking us to do that? I just want you to just shut out every distraction for a moment so that this Easter can be the best Easter you've ever had. I want to ask you this question as you're contemplating the story of Mary and you're thinking about hope and how hope does not disappoint and that today on Easter Sunday is an invitation to have that hope rescue you wherever you're at. There are many of us in here today that we don't even feel like we need to be rescued. Or maybe we're waiting for a specific way to be rescued. But over 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, the greatest rescuer ever to walk the face of the earth. To save humanity from their sins. To show us a better way. So whether you're ever going to step foot in Canvas Church again, I want to ask you this question. Do you know him? Is your story intersecting with his story today? Are you here today? Do you have some pain, some dysfunction, some despair in your life? I got good news for you. There's a comma for your story. I got good news for you. Where the enemy tried to put a period, where you yourself are trying to put a period, God is saying today, I got another sentence. I got another thought to add on. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. And just like Christ came out of the grave, you are going to come out of this situation you're in. You're going to come out of this circumstance that you find yourself in because there is hope through Christ today. Hallelujah. So as your eyes are closed and you're thinking about this message, I want to ask you this question. First, you're here today. You say, man, I'm glad I came to church. <laughs> so are we. We're glad you came. And you're here today and you'd say, Ben, you know what? I'm far from God. I don't have a relationship with, I'm disconnected. I thought I did, but now I seem to be far from. There's an invitation inviting you back today. And you're here today, with eyes closed, heads bowed, and you're saying, I need Jesus in my life like never before. On this Easter Sunday, I need, I need to recommit my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to say, lead me. that's you. Nobody's looking around, but I want to know who I'm praying for today. If that's you and you're in this place saying, I need Jesus, on the count of three, would you just do me a favor and shoot your hand in the air, and I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. One, come on, moment pass you by. Two, the Holy Spirit is speaking. You. One, two, three, just shoot your hand in the air and just keep it up for a minute. Yeah, just keep it up for a moment, just so I can see it. Yeah, leave it up. It's all right. Nobody else is looking around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hallelujah. 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 You can go put your hand down. Nine, ten. Hallelujah. You can put your hand down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. 
and he's calling your name today. If you were one of those ones that, that raised your hand and you might be sitting there and, man, you're just like, man, I don't know if I should, but I did. Why did I raise my hand? It's because he's calling you by name today. He wants your story to turn around. He wants to put a comma in it and say, man, there's more to be written about your life. There's more to your story than that was. There is an is with him in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 3 that behold, he stands at the door and he knocks. What does that door represent? That door represents our life. And Jesus was knocking today and 10 of you said, I'm letting him in. Amen. Romans chapter 10 tells us this, that we believe in our heart. What do we believe? We believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. We believe in our heart, but then confession is made unto salvation. What is that confession? That's what we're going to help you with right now. We call it a, what is it? It's just you talking to God, having a conversation with him. And we want to help you do that if you've never done that before. And then Matthew chapter 3 tells us that once that happens, we bear fruit worthy of repentance. Wow, what, what is that fruit? And it's a process of learning. It's a process of growing. And you find yourself within the pages of the Bible. So for those 10 people that raised their hand, I want to do this this morning. I want to pray with you. And I want to invite all of you that, that, that are here today. For those 10, would you pray with them this morning? There's no magic in the words. We're just helping introduce you to Christ. So could you say this? Everyone together, raise your hand. Could you say, Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for Easter. I thank you that you died on the cross, yet today you rose again. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Now just right now, in the quietness of your heart, whatever it is that you know that's separating you from God, would you just confess it to him? Whatever it is, just right now, just go ahead and give it to him. Say, God, this is what's separating me from you. God, would you forgive me? I, I believe in Jesus, and I'm giving these things to you right now. Just like you're handing it over to him, just give it to him right now. Whatever it is that's keeping you separated from God. Hallelujah. Now just say this. Say, Jesus, I thank you that because you rose, I can rise today and have new life. A new story new meaning, and new purpose. Holy Spirit, lead me in this new way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.